Hey everyone, welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey, and it is such a joy to be able to be with you today and to share God's Word. And so today we're going to pray, and then we're going to get right into the Bible together. Uh, we're going to be looking into Mark chapter 11. I'm going to do a series on Mark chapter 11. So we're going to do uh, three different sermons on Mark chapter 11. So uh, grab that, get it ready, and we'll see where the Lord takes us today. Let's pray together. Would you bow your hearts with me? God, I thank you for this opportunity to look deeper into your word. God, I thank you that your word shines a light into our hearts and our lives. And Lord, I pray that in these next few moments that, God, you would use me, Lord, as a mouthpiece to speak your word. God, I pray that each person listening, that their their spiritual ears would be ready to hear what it is that you have for them. God, we thank you for the Bible. We thank you for your word that changes and shapes and forms our lives. Lord, I pray that we would listen well to what you have to say. God, be in this message, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, I have a friend who's moving uh, down the street from me, and um, her closing was set for a certain day, and that day has come and gone. And uh, so she was really banking on that day, and everything like pointed to the fact that that would be her closing day, but it wasn't. Meanwhile, she had ordered some packages and had them delivered to her brand new address, and um, now she's not there. So she called and asked if I would go to the front steps of her new house, which she doesn't own yet, and pick up <clears throat> a package for her. So um, absolutely, like I'll drop by and do that. But there's this weird feeling, right, of driving up to this house where the neighbors can see me walking up uh, to take this Amazon package off of her front steps and they don't know who I am or what I'm doing. And um, on my way there, she texted me and she said, there's also something that should be right in the mailbox. Could you grab that too? And, you know, it's no big deal. And I knew that if anybody asked me why I was there, I would just explain, you know, my friend's closing on this house, but the closing got pushed back, blah, 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 blah. I knew people would understand, but there was that little bit of tension, like, uh, you know, what's going to happen? So I drove up and I uh, had my phone with me and I'm like, all right, if I see anyone, um, I might just call my friend and just, you know, be asking her, you know, oh, does it look like this or whatever? So people would, would understand that I'm not a, um, a thief <laughs> coming to steal Amazon packages off people's porches. So I got the, I got out of the car and of course, one of the neighbors is walking by with her little dog and she's looking at me, giving me a hard stare. And, uh, so I go up, I get the package off the porch and then I have to open the mailbox and look in and try to find the thing that's for my friend. And of course, as she's walking by, the dog is barking at me. And I'm like, oh my goodness, she must think that I am uh, a robber and that I'm here stealing stuff out of this mailbox. But anyway, I said hello to her. Um, long story short, I got the, the two packages here waiting for my friend when she finally closes. So I'm praying and hoping that her closing comes up soon. But uh, that story leads me into what we're going to be talking to today because um, we're going to take a look in, in uh, Matthew or Mark, sorry, Mark chapter 11. And there's a story kind of similar to this where Jesus gives some instructions to the disciples and they're like, hmm, what are people going to say? This is, I know what I'm supposed to do, but you know, people could look at me and think that this is wrong. So we're going to read the passage together and then I want to dive into it. Uh, so if you will turn to Mark chapter 11, verse one starts like this. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, 
and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anybody asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people sitting there asked, why are you untying this colt? They answered uh, as Jesus had told them, and the people let them go. Doesn't this remind you of my friend, my story with my friend's uh, package? <laughs> go and do this. If anybody asks you, just, you know, tell them what I told you. But here's these two disciples. So Jesus picks two disciples. And I can imagine what it was like as they walked into the city and they're like, all right, we're going to find a cult that doesn't belong to us. We're just going to untie it and we're going to take it. <laughs> and I'm sure there was a little bit of apprehension as they thought about how this may play out or what if people said no don't take what doesn't belong to you or no this you know whatever they might say but these two disciples did what Jesus said they went uh, not knowing anything except Jesus's command they went at the word of the Lord the, the Lord spoke to them and they went they took him at his word and they went and then um, they they realized that people would probably question them but they went and did it anyway they went and did it anyway. They knew the Lord had spoken to them. They went and did it anyway. And people did question them. But when people questioned them, they let them go. So I want to talk today about how this, this part of scripture that I've overlooked a million times, but today the Lord led me to this chapter and then this part just stuck out at me. And that's what's so amazing about reading the Bible is that God uses his spirit to direct and to lead us. And so when you're reading the Bible and something stands out at you, stop. Don't just barrel through and keep going and keep reading. Stop. Consider what it is that the Lord is highlighting for your life and, and for that moment. And uh, and that's really what I want to do here today. I want to talk about a couple of things. We so many times are told to do things by God. He's giving us, even with reading the Bible, like I was just talking about, even with reading the Bible and stopping to consider things, the Lord is constantly speaking to us. He speaks to us in so many ways and so many areas of our lives. God's speaking to us. And what this story shows us is that we can take the Lord at his word. Now, the disciples knew who Jesus was. They had Literally seen him do miracles after miracles. When you go right back up to Mark chapter 10, you see this comes right after he heals uh, the, the blind man. Blind Bartimaeus receives his sight. So you see that they had just seen a miracle that defied science, that defied like reason in their minds. They had seen Jesus do amazing things. And then, you know, turn on the heels of that. He says, now go do this. Okay. What I want us to stop and consider for a moment is what have we seen Jesus do? I want to encourage you at some point in your day today to get out a, a journal or a notebook or the back of an envelope or your phone text uh, note part app, whatever. Find a place to write down the things that you have seen Jesus do. You have seen Jesus do many, many, many things. But what happens is we get caught up in the fact that it's Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or we're in the middle of this situation or that situation and God speaks to us and we're like, ah, I don't know if I can trust you, God. 
We need to remember the things that God has done in our lives and the lives of people within the circle of our little world. What has God done? What have you seen him do? Because it's super easy in Mark chapter 11 to glance your eyes back up at, at Mark chapter 10 and say, well, he just healed a blind man. Of course you can trust him about this little tiny errand to go get a cult. The same is true in my life. The same is true in your life. If you were able to glance your eyes back and say, look what the Lord has done in my life. Look what he's done in my family's life. Look what he's done in my church's life. Look what he has done. And you literally, physically, actually had a list of the things that you've seen God do. Man, when God says something small to you, like go get a cult, you'd be like, of course, Jesus Jesus asked me to. God asked me to do this. Of course I'm going to do it. He's been faithful in the past. He'll be faithful again. And so I want to encourage you to make that list, to make that long, long list of what you have seen Jesus do. And I would encourage you to add to your list things that you have read in the Bible because those are things that you know that Jesus has done. And so if you start to make your list and you're like, I remember, and my list would go something like this. I remember when the doctors told me I had cancer in my mouth. And then I remember going to the specialist to find out it was gone. Praise the Lord. I remember when I felt like my marriage was too much for me and God changed and rescued me and rescued my husband and, and, and the, and the devil wanted to ruin us, but he didn't. I remember that. I remember when I was in despair and God sent people in my way to, to encourage me. I remember when I asked God for help and he sent help. I remember the things that God has done for me, but I also remember that he helped Ruth. And, and I remember that he walked with Abraham to a land that he was calling. I remember that he was with David when he was in a cave. I remember that God was with uh, the... Adam and Eve, when they were kicked out of the garden, he was with them. I remember the stories of the Bible. And so I include those on my list. Look what God has done. Look what he's done. I can trust God. And so when God speaks to me, I can trust him. So I want to encourage you to make a long list of what God has done. So these two disciples, they, uh, they trusted God at his word. And I want to encourage you to trust God at his word. They knew that it was God speaking to them and they were able to follow after what he said. Trust God's word to you. And then the second thing, it seems so simple, but here's where we stop. Sometimes we know God has asked me to do this certain thing, whether it's a lifestyle change up, whether it's a, a full life calling thing, or it's a, an an errand like this was, go get the cult and bring it back. Go, go text this person uh, that God's put on your heart or send a card or make a phone call or sit next to that person or invite that person. Whatever it is that God has said to you, you can trust him because he's trustworthy. And we have a list of reasons and, and proof that he is trustworthy. But uh, this is where we get lost. We know that it's God who's spoken to us and then we get lost between step one and two. We know it's God and then the actual doing of it, we can make a million excuses and we can put off what the Lord has told us to do. The, the two disciples went and they did it. They knew that people may say things to them. You, when you're following the plan of God, whether it be a big lifestyle uh, shift or it be an errand, people will say stuff to you. 
Why are you preaching? Why do you have a podcast? Why are you spending time doing this? Why aren't you doing this? I think you should do this. I think you should do that. People are natural human beings, but we have a supernatural calling from God. And sometimes the natural looks at the supernatural and doesn't understand it. Did you hear that? Sometimes the natural looks at the supernatural and they don't understand it. And so people may make comments, people may uh, have opinions, but here's what I want to put before you. Who are you following? God or the opinions of the people around us? And we remember in 2 Peter where or 2 Timothy where it says uh you can't get caught up in civilian affairs. You can't get caught up in, in the humdrum of the regular world because you are called to listen to your commanding officer, and that's God. And if God has sent you on a mission, it's not about listening to other people's opinions or even relying on your own opinion. It's following what God has called or asked you to do, big or small. And so what are you afraid of? identifying that is so important. God asked you to do something. You know it's God. You know you can trust God. But then between step one and step two, you've fallen off. Why? What are you afraid of? Could you identify and put it out before God and say, God, I know you asked me to text this person. I am afraid. And let this be a moment where God can begin to mold and teach and train and help and and direct you. And bring people alongside of you to teach you and to assist you. If you were to put what you are afraid of on a seesaw with God, who would win? God is so much bigger than what you're afraid of. God is so much stronger than your fears. God is so much beyond your fears. Your fears are in this natural world and God is in this supernatural world. And what God has for you supersedes all the stuff we can come up with, the reasons why. The disciples could have turned to Jesus and said, Jesus, we can't go get you a cult because we don't own it. It doesn't belong to us. Here's the law of Moses. The law of Moses is don't steal. Isn't this stealing? How can we do this? And they didn't. They took God at his word. Jesus had a plan. Jesus already knew that that cult tied up there would be able to be used for a, a, a thing. And, and the Bible says they're going to bring it back. He's going to send the cult back. He's not stealing it. And, and he knew that this was possible. We don't have the, the ability to foresee what's happening in the future. We don't have the ability to see into people's minds. But Jesus does. And he would say he knew that this would work out. And he sent them on a mission that was able to be accomplished. He he sent King David on a mission that was able to be accomplished, even though in the natural it didn't seem it could. He sends us on missions that he knows the outcome for. Do we trust God? And when we put our fears on the seesaw with God, we know that God is stronger, that God is bigger, that God is weightier than our fears. But we bring them before God so he can help us walk through them. And sometimes he calls us to things so that we can begin to search our own hearts and to get out some of that gunk and some of that stuff that is, has kept a wall between us and God. So bring your fear to God. God, if God speaks to you, we can trust him. We got to begin to go and do the thing that he's asked us to do. And that means setting aside our fears or bringing our fears before God and saying, God, you're bigger than what I'm afraid of here. God, your plan is greater. God, even as you uh, asked the disciples to go and do something that seemed questionable and odd, you went with them. And I know you're going to go with me. And just like the list that you've created, God, you did it before and again and again and again, and you'll do it this time as well. So our, our step one is trusting God at his word. Our step two is to begin to do it. Knowing that people may and probably will be naysayers. So, so actually going and beginning to do it is 
the next step in listening to the Lord. And then lastly, uh, knowing that people aren't able to trump God and his plan and what he's asked us to do. People aren't able to. God is supernatural and bigger. And if God has called you to do something, he's going to see it through right to the end. He hasn't called you to do something that is impossible. With him, it's possible. And it, it's it's the colliding of the natural with the supernatural. It's the 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 things that defy what we could come up with in our own mind. That verse that says he wants to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond what we could hope or imagine. In every situation, if God speaks, when God speaks and we do what he says, it's going to be beyond what we could come up with. We may not understand the far-reaching effects of what God has asked us to do. I am sure that those two disciples, as they walked up to the cult, I'm sure that there was a little like, ah, should we do this? Can we just walk up and untie this? There's people standing here. Should we wait for the people to go to sleep? Should we wait for everyone to leave and do this in secret? But no, God had told them to go and do it and, and bring the cult back. And they did just that. And the people let them do it because it was a supernatural mission. Because the Lord had ordained it to happen. And then what happens after they bring the cult back to Jesus? He comes riding into Jerusalem and the people sing Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And we have what we celebrate today as Palm Sunday and this celebration of what happened. But that moment before was that obedience of people who had been with Jesus, who had seen him do miracles, who took him at his word and went and did what he asked them to do. And then this whole thing unfolds uh, uh, right after. And I believe that it's the same with our lives, that if we would take God at his word, if we would listen to what he was saying, if we would pause long enough to dwell on the Bible, to dwell on the things, the words that God speaks to us, that when he asks us to do something, if we would trust him, if we would lay aside our fears and go and do the thing that God has called us to do, that there would be another side of it, just like there was another side for these disciples when Jesus came riding in on the on the donkey, Hosanna in the highest. On the other side of your obedience is the celebration and the glory being brought to who? When Jesus went, went in on that cult, they weren't saying, wow, look, the disciples got a cult. No, they were looking and all glory went to Jesus. All glory went to God. And when you do the thing that God has called you to do, it, no, no attention will be on that cult. The attention will be on Jesus. No attention will be on the small thing that you did, but on the big thing of God. And that's where our, our drive is. That's where our attention needs to go. That's where our realization goes that I will do this thing behind the scenes and God is going to get so much glory for it. God will be praised in our obedience. God will be lifted high in our obedience. So trust God at his word. Do what he says. People may, probably will, nay say, but people aren't able to trump the word of God spoken to you. Because if you have a supernatural calling, then God's going to see you through to the end. Let's read Mark chapter 11, this little portion again together. It says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway, meaning it belonged to somebody. And this was a little bit of a, a tricky situation. But as they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to. And the people let them 
go. God has a plan for you. If God has spoken something over you, go and do what God has said to do. Do what God has said to do and he will walk you through and see you through. And at the end of all of this, he will get glory. He will be glorified. He will be lifted up and be exalted. I want to encourage you to take some time today and, and ask God, God, is there anything you've asked me to do? Whether it be errand-like or lifestyle change or shift in my life, or is there anything, God, you have asked me to do that I've ignored? Is there anything, God, that you are putting on my heart to do that I have turned a blind eye to or I have said maybe later? And I want to encourage you to find that place before God and say, God, here I am, whatever you have for me, send me. Here I am, God, I am available to be used by you. And make that list of things that God has done. Because whether you need it in in this scenario or this case or this day, you may need it next week or you may need it next month to look at it and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what I know of God. And just like these disciples, they had just seen him heal a blind man. And so when Jesus said, now go get a cult, they were like, of course, we can go do this. Look at what God has done. And you have witnessed him do. Look at what he has done in the Bible that you know these accounts and how they've they've, uh, stirred your heart. Look what the Lord has done. And now go and do what he's told you to do. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it, it shapes us. God, I thank you that you truly are the potter and we are the clay. God, I thank you that you formed and fashioned us in just the way that you desire us to be. Lord, I thank you for creating us while we are still in our mother's womb. God, I thank you for placing inside of us giftings and talents that can be used to bring you glory. And Lord, I know that using our gifts and talents doesn't earn us a place in the kingdom. God, I thank you that using our gifts and talents doesn't put us above our brothers and sisters in Christ, but really, God, what it does, we know that it brings glory to you, and that's what we want to do. We know that salvation only comes from the forgiveness of sins, and not by our good works, but you have created us to do good works. God, we know that Ephesians says that before the beginning of time, you that you have created us. We're your masterpiece created on purpose to do good works. And Lord, I pray that we would do those good works. God, I pray that we would listen to your voice. God, I pray that our ears would be attuned to your Holy Spirit, that we would listen, God, to whatever it is you ask us to do, whether it seemingly feels like an errand, or maybe it feels like a whole life shift, whatever it is, God, help us to be quick to obey your word. God, we will take you at your word. We'll go and do what you say to do. And we know that you will get all the glory for it. Whether people agree or not, God, we know that if you've called us to it, you'll see us through it. And God, I thank you for this realization today. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for each and every person listening. I pray a blessing on each person listening. God, I pray that you would fill them up to overflowing with exactly what they need for today. Lord, I thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, and God, for the missions that you send us on. Lord, I pray that you would get all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.